All right, welcome to a special episode of the Skippables podcast. This is a Freebird episode, and when I say special, I mean special. I'm your host, Gio Chumpatazzi, and I am the only host right now. This is, this is me up here right now. No Josh, no Leon. Um, there was an emergency. The last Freebird that we recorded got all fucked up. My, my voice was all fucked up. I don't know what's going on with my mixer, but um, needless to say, I... We, we couldn't release the episode, so I'm pulling an audible, and actually, uh, it's a very special surprise for everybody. We have back on a returning Freebird guest, Mark Leffler, and um, he's a partner not only in podcasting, but we have an album that just came out, and so we're going to talk about that, but first, Mark, how are you? What's up, dude? I'm doing good, a little tired, but excited to be here, excited to talk rock and roll with my good friend, Giovanni Chimpatazzi. Yeah, we're not just talking about rock and roll, okay? We're talking about the rebirth of rock and roll with our album, E-Harmonies, okay? Rebranded. This is like New Coke. Pepsi Fresh, I think, is uh, what, what they're branding it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what would you describe this album as? Well, it is um, taking the pain that people feel in 21st century dating just the the getting rejected rejecting um just kind of putting all that into a rock and roll fun time so it's gonna rock your Mm. socks and Mm. you know we we wrote it we made sure when we were recording it it was actually last time i was on the skippables was we were midway through the recording process I went on a little retreat to Rocktown, USA in Southern California. That's right. And we made sure we were having a lot of fun. I'm talking, we went to Disneyland. We went to the clubs. We ate tacos, uh, Dave and Buster's. We made sure to just immerse ourselves in, in with the fun. And that comes out on the record. So if you like fun, if you like dating, if you think dating is fun, you're probably <laughs> going to like the album. I think definitely. I think 100%. Um, now, I'm a, I'm a real shit talker when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. And so you better believe that um, I put my money where my mouth is when it comes to my own music. I, re- I release only, you know, platinum quality music. And with Mark, he accepts nothing less. So uh, I suggest you listen to it. And if, if you don't, if you want to skip it, you know, that's okay. Maybe just, um, you know, keep your shitty music taste to yourself everybody okay yeah or leave us comments i mean i i'm all about feedback because then we Mm. can be better next time you know yeah leave us leave us a real positive or negative comment that that'd be Mm -hmm. nice if it's negative it needs to be constructive like you can say you're a little flat especially when you're singing in the key of right that would be helpful but if you just say this sucks not very we, yeah there's not an anti-suck button we can press no. sad to say um and you know if there was an anti-suck button i think uh, the subject of our show would have pressed it long time ago mm-hmm. um we wanted to talk about something and honestly i'm really glad it's just you and me yeah. because i don't think anybody re- you know regarding both josh and leon have the same passion um, about meatloaf that you and I have. It's a passion. It's a it's like the passion of the Christ. 
with, with both of us. This is the cross that we carry is our obsession, our love of Meatloaf and Jim Steinman's at least first album and, and second album. Yes. So Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, one and two. Um, tell me about it. I know we like, you know, found it together and got really into it together like yeah. a decade ago. So in those early college years, we had a lot of free time to just basically consume a lot of media. And eventually we were just like, okay, bat out of hell. And it's one of those albums, like I always liked harder rock albums. And it's kind of like, I think other hosts, Leon has mentioned this with the Grateful Dead. Like you see that cover and you're like, oh my God, that's gonna really rock. But then- mm -hmm. I read more into it. And I'm like, okay, it's a rock opera. This sounds really ambitious. And listening to it, I guess, yeah, it's a rock opera, but I don't know. It's very, it defies any <laughs> characterization or expectation. It's its own world. And it's just so... It's goofy. like... It, uh, honestly this is the epitome of theater kid music this oh. is music not like for i mean this is both music for people in theater and music by people that are in theater like by theater kids both jim steinman who is the writer and like music like basically he's the like the true artist and then meatloaf who's like a singer but they both met doing plays in new york so it's like they're just theater dudes and you can tell like Jim Steinman just has this like affinity for like you know leather and motorcycles and teenagers and love and it's just like that motif times infinity in mm -hmm. every single album every single track the way he dresses like they like the thing about it is like it's almost like they are like a spinal tap or like like some kind of like a blues brothers like they live their persona outside of their music like jim steinman looks like a motorcycle you know rider even though he's like an old man I'm rest in peace he died recently but up until he died like the guy was living his rock and roll dreams he was and it's so crazy too like i think that's what the most interesting thing is like generally when you think about big old concept rock operas they're always very deep and cerebral. Like think about the wall. It's like all about this guy like going crazy and it's like got these themes of like fascism and it's like a protest record. Mm. And that out of hell, like it is so like surface level. Like it's just kind of like a really overly dramatic, like bombastic teen rock album with just some like you know it's <laughs> yeah with just like a belting ballad kind of like and then but then there's like everybody else in the band is just so killer like todd todd rundgren produced it yeah and so like you just have like this weird hurricane of like rock and roll theater music musical shit and just like good production and it mm -hmm. makes like an album that like stands out. It's 1977. Yeah. This came out. Like, think about like 1977 New York City. You yeah. have like 
hip hop, you have punk rock, you have like everything happening. And then you just, and this album comes out and it's one of the biggest albums of the world. Like it's phenomenal. Like it does more numbers than every single like punk band that you've ever heard. Like this, like Meatloaf was bigger, like categorically, and he will always be bigger. And it's, it's fucked up because like, look at him now. Like, no, like, I, I think we can kind of, talk about the future a little bit but it, it it is a very steep fall from grace that he took like quickly after bad out of hell too yeah it's just no he's been and i mean i don't know and that's kind of the funny thing is is there's not really many meatloaf fans that i know so i don't know too much about him so like there's bad out of hell and then like mm-hmm. 20 years go by and yeah let's 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 talk about it let's go into his uh, his albums real quick okay so and this is just like on on spotify so he has other albums that he released you but, i want to wiki up if you want me to read the official full discography yeah, if you can do the full thing that'd be great just just do yeah. like the the name and, and yeah like, totally you know? um so there's bad out of hell 1977 then dead ringer <laughs> and, then, and i think yeah dead ringer is when like they uh they him and jim steinman they split after dead ringer i think so yeah no it's the second yeah. of four albums written entirely by steinman and then there's midnight at the lost and found which is a great name for an album <laughs> and then bad attitude nice. blind before i stop and then bad out of hell too and Bad Out of Hell 2 came out like a decade after. Yeah, 93. One. And then Bad Out of Hell came out in 77. Oh, so yeah. Almost like 15, 15 years almost, basically. 16 years afterwards. Then so there's yeah. more. You want me to go ahead? Yeah, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Uh, Welcome to the Neighborhood two years later. And then he like just chills out till 2003. Couldn't have said it better. These are all really good, like really cool names for albums, and I bet none of them are that great. Yeah, this one was also with Steinman, so he did four with Steinman, and then Bad Out of Hell three in two thousand and six. Um, I forget if this was written if Bad Out of Hell three had like Steinman's on there. I don't like, think but- so. I think I heard that, uh, and actually, okay, can I, can I read something? Uh, so I was looking up on YouTube um, some, some of their videos, and I saw this comment that is like a perfect summation of, of the Meatloaf and Jim Steinman relationship, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is by a man named Stephen Paul five months ago. That's probably when Jim Steinman died. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they just never worked together after Bad Out of Hell. They tried, though. On the second album, Meatloaf's voice went bad, and the song sounded terrible. The record company was in a hurry, so they ended up letting Jim do the singing himself for the follow-up album. Jim lost interest in doing any more sequels and started to work with other artists. And I think that's when he did the Sisters of Mercy album, right? And I think that's the one you like. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Meatloaf used Jim's songs to fill up his albums and went over uh, doing that for a decade. Finally, the planets aligned, and they ended up uh, talking to each other on the phone to do Bad Out of Hell 2, 16 years later, with massive success. So um, after the, uh, the conflict with the third Bad Out of, uh, Bad Out of Hell album was that like they were rushing it, 
and Jim just like didn't feel like he had time to finish. And so Meatloaf just went on without him. Gotcha. Yeah, it looks like looking at the stats, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like it's like half and half. Yeah. So it's kind of like all over the place. So it looks like all the Steinman songs were written for other projects like that too. So it was a bunch of leftovers. Exactly. So he just, honestly, like this is a story of, of somebody who found, it's like almost like the like reverse, like what do you call it? Um, like other world version of an Elton John and Bernie Worrell kind of scenario where it's like one, like Elton John, they just work together, right? It's beautiful. It's chemistry. Like one guy sings the songs, plays the piano. One guy writes the, writes the words, bada bing, bada boom. It's a match made in heaven. Then you have like the meatloaf and Jim Steinman scenario. And it's like a parasite sucking off of, you know, this like mega theater nerd. And he just like made his whole career around this guy. It's, or I mean, or maybe they made it together, you know, like that's the that's the weird thing. Like, who is Jim Steinman without Meatloaf? You know? No, like Meatloaf has like the embodiment, and he's from Dallas. And I think he probably just judging by his body type, like was a big old like football player. And he has that like jockish like personality. He's just like this brazen, charismatic figure with a decent voice, and like he was an actor totally um so it just kind of worked because he had a lot of energy and like (laughs) so i guess that helped but you take out like steinman's songs and it's just kind of like meat you're not who are you without like the songs and like when you actually get into who he is as a person it's actually not that appealing because you're like oh you're completely out of touch you're kind of an asshole. Like every story that you hear that even he tells, he sounds like an asshole. Yeah. And he's just, he's super conservative, which is weird too. Cause like before Battle Out of Hell, and I always thought this was after, and then I looked at the dates, he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, yeah. And he was like acting in Rocky Horror Picture Show, who's like now a Trump supporter. It's like, what, what happened? What happened? And <laughs> honestly, that's the question you got to ask. This is a guy that was literally in, fight club right Uh, you know the the movie about like you know anti-capitalism and like burning it all down and i mean and this guy is now like you know trust the system you got to believe cops like he is like down the line just this like hardcore republican not that this you know i I don't want to say like fuck all republicans whatever like if you guys if you guys like our music opinions that's cool whatever fine fuck it but like just meatloaf's on your team think about that guys Think how pathetic that is to have a meatloaf on your side. Well, and I mean, it's so funny. And this is something that I enjoy the most is being meatloafs, liking him on Facebook. And this happens with a few of the older rock guys I like, but no one has mm-hmm. high profile. Because like, if you're someone at like a meatloaf level where it's like, okay, you're a known like celebrity. Globally globally but you don't have enough spare money to pay someone to do your social media so like <laughs> this is obviously all meatloaf and it's no filter like no one's telling him 
or maybe someone's told him like hey me like yeah you got to be more controversial buddy (laughs) it's like any other like family member old uncle or aunt who discovered like facebook five years ago and it's just like hasn't learned that less is more yet exactly and he just (laughs) types these like two paragraph like rants of just about anything and it's just like oh my goodness me yeah it's it's cringy to 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 see that and then also to be like dang like his old music still slapped it's still really good mm-hmm. and i mean okay for people that are uninitiated right there are some people that don't know um what a what a good meat song sounds like so um let's let's go into our our, our top bops and then um, we'll get back into a little bit of the controversies. I, I just want everybody to know what, like, you think a good meatloaf song is. Okay. And uh, I, I'll follow along with you. So, so the best one, the archetypal, like, meatloaf song that I think is just perfect. And it's all, like, it's Steinman and Todd Rudgren, and meatloaf delivers it really well. Mm. But it's all the production and the writing is really, really good. And that's, I can't say that about every Jim Steinman song. Like they're catchy, but some kind of like um, <laughs> claps under their own weight. Cause like Jim Steinman is not one who embraces brevity at all. No, yeah. But um, the titular, or t- how do you say that word? Yeah, yeah, titular titular song off yeah. of bad out of hell bad out of hell is i would say definitely it has to be on the top bop like okay it's just the imagery like you got todd rudgren doing motorcycle sounds on his guitar mm-hmm. it's like just about this like motorcycle crash and then the last verse is just him like bleeding out yeah like his heart pops out of his chest and like it's still beating yes oh um, my gosh and faster it's... than any other boy's ever gone <laughs> well so that's something curb until it's way too late um yeah like i read interviews about it like they wanted to take there's a few oh, fuck, what are they called i gotta look it up but it was a thing in the 60s called uh like like a leader of the pack kind of yeah yeah they were like called splatter records or like deaf discs right like there's all these songs and it's they're all actually kind of bangers like that are just about people dying in car crashes and plane crashes (laughs) it's like it's richie valens yeah yeah and it's just like so dramatic and you just don't have songs about that anymore and it's weird like because it was a very like you know kind of like conservative time where you didn't say anything risque but it was like there's like an everly brothers song about them just like waiting for this plane to arrive and mm-hmm. then there's like an announcement that would everyone waiting for plane 213 like come to the chapel at the airport and then like <laughs> they're all dead everyone died <laughs> all right real quick let's do a little bit of bad out of hell here, here we go I'll be damned with you. Well, if I got 
gotta be damned, you know I wanna be down, dancing through the night with you. Well, if I gotta be damned, you know I wanna be down, gotta be damned, you know I wanna be down. That's a little cut along to like where it gets a little crazier. Here we go. That's my favorite. <laughs> gotta I be damned. I love the way she's It's so big. It's just like super freaking American. And it's really yeah. like I've been listening to more of, and I don't know how the Skippables crowd feels about it, <laughs> but listening to a lot of Springsteen. And like it's definitely going for that Springsteen thing, but with no subtlety, you know? Okay, yeah, <laughs> like, totally. It's, it's, it's just so dramatic. Like, the guitar solos, the stops, like the choir, like everything about it is just like grandiose to the max. Oh, and yeah. there's something about it, like it's that ambitious. And it's like, fuck, like no one is going to do something like this. Like there's not a single band out there that's popular that does what Meatloaf does. Like Meatloaf is on an island and yeah, he- it's kind of good. Like it's, it's like, wow, like, Somebody did like 50 tracks of like a rock and roll opera and like put it all in like a seven song, like 40 minute album. Like it's, it's quick. It's not that long. No, it is pretty quick. Um, It is though, like, and I am a fan, but I will say like, even Bad Out of Hell Uno is like a hard slog. And maybe that's just my implicit bias against long piano ballads that are eight minutes long yeah heaven can wait uh definitely can be uh can be skipped there's a couple <laughs> songs that can be skipped um, um number two is another favorite of ours um yes okay uh, my my top bop that's that's gets into number two uh, oh, that's your favorite rock and roll dreams come through there's there's something like i get this chorus stuck in my head all the time and it's like just the like and it's Jim Steinman's lyricism, you know, like you have to give it a Jim Steinman. Like this song is a killer. It's really good. Rock and roll dreams come through. Um, I treasure your love. I never want to lose it. And you've been through the fires of hell and I know you've got the ashes to prove it. It's like, man, he's, he's a real creative guy. Jim Steinman, rest in peace. What a, what a great song. Man, it's just so everything's doubled and... it's incredible like 
it's lush it's beautiful the background vocals are just like so on point like it like it's one of those things where you're like this song is is a, it's a beautiful ballad that you don't hear that often right it made in like 93 and it just feels good like it's a positive uplifting song i you know i i could maybe like if i was locked up in jail i, I might call into a radio station and ask them to play this for my baby you know yeah no this it's is just for you it's it's very good and you know like you gotta hand it to them like that was 15 years later and it's like okay they can't do it again and they did and they did in in some ways bat two is even better like yeah. i would say as a whole like bat two getting through as a whole think bat one's hard to get through bat two is extra long yeah exactly i think in ways it's better and in ways it's worse i think the song like it's like the one song that you've probably heard is off of this album um uh -huh. and you know i mean that song has inspired the lifelong question you know what is that the yeah. I, I i'd do anything for love but i won't do that exactly and it's you a, know it's a good question it is and i heard meatloaf through it was bh1 it was like the 500 worst songs ever and that was on there what and the fuck yeah they were just like so cheesy and stuff and it's like well yeah of course it's meatloaf like yeah that's the point but it's like they got an orchestra <laughs> yeah it's a 12 minute song like come on man like ugh. like you said i think you know brevity is not his thing no. and it just shows super hard and especially in his his major single i do anything for love but i won't do that let's do a quick one of that i think everyone's heard it but i just want to want to catch everyone up to speed just in case you haven't run right into hell and back i would do I just want to like get into like the the big like orchestra part real quick. Oh, that's a part. Some days I'm breathing fire. Very very Springsteen right there, right? Oh, yeah, with the keyboard, totally. Totally. Yeah. All right, look real quick. like a ballad among like the stars like it, it reaches so high mm -hmm. and it gets there like this is a song that really takes you on a journey and i think that's the one thing that milop is really really good at is and, and well him and steinman is like they're able to create this like fantasy dream world where like you know fucking goblins and like guy like demons on motorcycles and like ghosts are real it's just like 
it there, there's a certain like i don't know like this lens that you have to put on and then all of a sudden like it just becomes like so fun and believable that like you just get taken along for the ride yeah but you know what that's almost my beef is that like phantasmagorical stuff mm-hmm. it's only hinted at like if you look at the lyrics it's all very every man like high school movie kind of thing like yes yes you know what i was gonna say somebody who's like really similar but like just did it in like a totally like freak diy way is like a gary wilson yeah you know like he's just like he does the same thing except it's almost like as if it was just jim steinman doing the music and no meatloaf like just some like nerdy guy who just wrote a bunch of songs about girls and like going to the pool and to the dance you know this like stylized like you know fantasy but in, you know in reality he's just like a nerdy kid from like you know upstate new york or something so mm-hmm. i see a lot of similarities in that but meatloaf is just a d- horse of a different color this dude is just like like you said he's from texas he's bombastic um so let's get into the controversies um yes. like you said he's a hyper republican very vocal on facebook but beyond that he's just like he seems like a dickhead he seems like he's not a nice person to work with no he does not and i think is that a good segue into yes. my first clip okay this is my yes. favorite clips and like i just we love you kind of just like to laugh with meatloaf sometimes and so i highly recommend on I think it's still on Amazon, the Ultimate Album series, and the one on Bad Out of Hell is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So this is Meatloaf, like getting interviewed, and he's just talking about his, um, I don't know, band process, something. But um, this is what uh, this is a clip of the interview, and I think it's a good clip. To the band, and I said, okay, this is it, guys. I'm telling you right now what's going to happen. I'm a fucking train. To the band. that is your clip right there <laughs> choo choo <laughs> the like, meatloaf express everybody anyone who's played in a band like just imagine like saying that to your bandmates like all right guys this is it i'm a train i'm a fucking train i can't be stopped okay um there's there's one more clip that oh, that yeah. i wanted you to play and i want to set this one up so um, this is five months ago after, I believe, Jim Steinman passed away. Meatloaf went on a little talking tour to kind of air his non-grievances, actually. Because uh, the thing is, in the early 90s, I think, um, Jim Steinman, or maybe in like 2006, um, from the early 90s, uh, Jim Steinman and Meatloaf had a falling out, uh, I think, because of the legalities of the Bat Out of Hell name. And so meatloaf and him they didn't talk for a while didn't work together for a while and so after jim steinman dies they ask him they're like you know so what about all this stuff between you and him and you know did that ever get resolved and he kind of cops out and he's like actually that's all lies we never had an argument yeah maybe some lawyers sued each other but me and jim like we were always close so and then he kind of says, like, but the only, t- the only time we fought was this one time. And then he explains the time that he fought. Mm-hmm. 
Could I do a small correction of your timetable there? Yeah, of course. Um, it looks like this video was published in 2017, so it was before, before he died. Yeah, so okay, it like it was about um, the musical or something, but yeah, probably going through you know in the aftermath of the legal disputes for sure. Okay, perfect. Thank you, thank you for the uh, correction on that. I know that the Meatloaf fans are gonna tear me apart. They would so, have teared you apart and preemptively reached out to us on his thank Facebook. You. Thank you. All right, here we go. Somebody before me had sang this song somewhere, and he mentions that person's name. And I said to him, don't ever tell me how to sing. This is why I knew I couldn't be an opera singer. Don't ever tell me how to sing a song. And I turned the piano over. But <laughs> that's not the good part. The good part was... His feet were still on the pedal board, and the pedal board was still upright. It was just the piano was on its side. So then all of a sudden, Jim looked at me and he goes, okay, now what do we do? And I went, I don't know. And then I went, wait, I got all of my gum, because I've chewed gum and everything. And so I chewed a whole bunch of gum, and we put it on the little pegs of the pedal board and turned the piano over so that it fit. And we put the piano back together with chewing gum. That's, an, you know, the old story about, well, how do you fix it? Chewing gum. We actually oh did that. What a well, fucking liar. Both of those stories, he's just full of, you know, he's an actor. So he's just making things up and like, he's just full of shit. He's nuts. Honestly, to think that he could be in an opera. He's like, oh, that's why I couldn't be an opera, because I have a temper. It's like, no, because you don't have an operatic voice. Like, you have a good voice, but you don't have an operatic voice. No, he doesn't. And, like, that, that's easy to tell. Listen to Bad at Hell 3. Actually, skip the fuck out of Bad at Hell 3. But if you want, just listen to the first track on Bad at Hell 3. And his range is gone. He oh. has no range. It's all over. And he's had issues with that. And like, you know, props to the guy for, you know, leaving it all out on the stage and performing for crowds. And, you know, it, it takes a toll on the body for sure. You know, not saying he couldn't perform when he was younger. But I mean, to, like to have the whole like, oh, I, I would have only been an opera star if only I wasn't so angry. And he's just like, he's the opposite of genuine. It's like everything, he seems like a car salesman, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All stories are just like, that didn't happen at all, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like putting a piano together back by glue, not, not glue, by gum. Mm -hmm. What the, like, is gum that sticky that it's going to, you know hold a piano together is that like how can you verify that yeah. I, this is this sounds like a job for the mythbusters i wish they were still around they could they could do this you know on on tv for us mm -hmm. unfortunately wanted, uh quick or did you have something else no go ahead i wanted to do a quick bird can we do a little bird walk as we call it sometimes and talk about how great jim steinman is and yeah her exploits besides me yes um little bird walk a little bird walk so jim 
has some great hits and it's all like once you like if you listen to bad out of hell and you listen to his other songs you're like oh this is jim like um total eclipse of the heart that's a jim steinman song which like it sounds like the meatloaf songs but it's just sung by i forget who sings that one or um it's all coming back to me by celine dion is another great one and if you watch those music videos all of them take place in a spooky house like it's all (laughs) very like melodramatic and gothic i just read and this actually bums me out so um andrew lloyd weber approached jim to help him write lyrics for phantom of the opera but he declined because he was doing the bonnie tyler album oh would have been perfect that would have been his like the golden ticket for him to be like i mean he's already world famous he did um a a german language musical called dance of the vampires hans der vampire and um Lois, a former guest who was on the Ramstein episode, swears by it. You know, when when Jim Steinman passed, I I posted about him and she was like, oh, my God, like his his German vampire play was so good. And I was like, oh, my God, okay, I had no idea. Like he was doing like plays in German and it's like it's like a musical, you know, like so it's it's a beautiful thing to see somebody just like find their niche and just live in it his whole life you know like the guy just loved rock and roll motorcycles leather jackets spooky shit and long songs yeah and like 15 minute songs but props to him he's honestly like goals he's big time goals for like for both i think you and i no totally he's doing it and it's just like I don't know, especially in this day and age, everything is so like cool and it's kind of like unhipped to have like feelings or try hard. It's nice to see someone just swing for the freaking fences, even if like there's some strikeouts along the way. Yeah. And then you get a big old grand slam. Exactly. And like, you know, love the, the baseball references. I'm sure Leon is his ears are, are burning red right now. We're not talking about sports around him but yeah i mean just meatloaf is such a challenging artist to get into because it's like getting into r kelly now it's like why the fuck would you do that now like nobody nobody cares about him anymore he's irrelevant and he's like more of an asshole as years go by like the generation the zoomers love meatloaf (laughs) yeah who is like there's no resurgence of meatloaf listeners right now like they're like oh the fucking you know big guy from rocky horror picture show is alive and a trump supporter fuck him you know like that's what everyone thinks now and i mean i think i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth and this is the title of your own podcast Mm -hmm. but i think we would both agree that as a whole meatloaf is entirely skippable 100 percent, dude and that's why we're doing this that's why we're doing this whole thing this is a conversation that is skippable to 99.9% of the population right now. This is a conversation that nobody wants to have about meatloaf because nobody gives a shit enough. <laughs> but we, you and I, we do. And it's a thing where it's like, you, I fell in love with the album. And then I listened to like, of course, the, I, I Will Do Anything For Love was like a hit when we were kids. Yeah. So like I knew it and like rediscovering it and then finding out like his other 
billion other fucking failed attempts at you know making making it big and you're just like yeah overall he sucks overall he's a failure and like he doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things and it's kind of sad to say that but like it's it's really he's very skippable he's essential in in the skippable canon he is but with that being said if you are curious there is fun to be had with the loaf Ooh, get the meat out this yeah, is what we do every now and then the loaf around and get the meat out yeah it's you know it's there's fun to be had it's not gonna be easy but if you stay with the first two bats bat three you don't worry about that yeah it doesn't exist here's here's my suggestion and this is going to be for songs that are over four minutes so anything five minutes and above okay if you don't like the first 30 seconds skip to like the halfway point i would say six times out of ten there's a change up he's going to change up the tempo it's going to be something different is it might start slow in a ballad and he'll pick up and there'll be some kind of payoff so skip to the middle part and be like okay now i for sure don't like the song and then you can skip it because i i feel like there's too many songs that like kind of start slow and pick up later and if you're easy like on the skip trigger you might lose you know like let's say like uh you took the words right out of my mouth has like a super long like scripted intro right that's what makes it so good and it's so good i mean like but like people who don't like this kind of shit would be like oh skip but on a, i mean we say this to each other all the time on a hot summer night would you give your throats to the wolf with the red roses would he offer me his claws <laughs> i forget i don't even remember that part okay. let's uh <laughs> let's let's do that real quick <laughs> that's such a like don't skip this okay I, this was gonna be my my follow-up um it were not, if you didn't choose um rock and roll dreams come through i i wanted to choose you took the words right out of my mouth but i figured i wanted to shine a little light on that song too but yeah this intro is is so good on a hot summer night would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses will he offer me his mouth yes will he offer me his teeth yes will he offer me his jaws Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again? Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. And does he love me? Yes. 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 On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. Yeah, just listen to that one. Like, huh. that one is, it's fantastic. And you got Todd Rudgren just produces the heck out of it. And it's just, it's rock and roll. It's so good. Um, on a hot summer night. You know, I, I think about that all the time. It's like, it's catchy in a way that like, it, it's almost like an earworm that just like, it's forever. Like once, once it's like, it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like there's a cult thing about it that like, once you kind of like start to understand what's good about it, 
you start to like it unravels and you're like oh that's good too and like oh wow like the horns and like you know everything just kind of starts to fit into place and you're like this is orchestrated by like a mad genius like jim steinman is just fucking insane and it's a feat of the intelligence it's a feat of musical ability um creativity it it reaches heights that like i just don't think other people even thought you know they even wanted to do it's so cheesy you know oh totally and todd in the interviews with him it was actually an interview about sparks he's like man whenever i hear sparks or meatloaf i get a soft spot because back in the 70s no one was signing those bands and todd was like yeah i'll do it whatever that's yeah <laughs> you know like which is awesome like god bless todd Rundgren, dude they were both just like so weird he's just like sure i'm game let's do it yeah and where's my motorcycle worked out yeah there's this great yeah i think just watch the vh1 like behind the music or whatever on on, on the this where albums uh got out of hell yeah yeah check that out um we, we might do like a like a live watch on youtube or something of us watching that but uh yeah jesus christ if, if you haven't checked them out check them out but only if you are up for it if you if you're a theater kid honestly i, I would say you'd like it more often more often than not totally we uh and to bring this whole thing full circle when we were doing the e-harmonies album our original plan was to end with a bat out of hell cover but when we finally got to the point of doing it we're like that's impossible yeah <laughs> another week <laughs> we up out of fear <laughs> honestly it was the best decision we ever made was to not cover meatloaf um i'm glad we didn't i mean not saying we won in the future right e-harmonies 2 coming out um maybe back into hell is what we'll call it <laughs> but uh yeah man everybody um check out our album e-harmonies it's going to be available on Bandcamp, available on SoundCloud, and soon it'll be available on Spotify. It'll probably be available by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? And um, follow Mark on his on his SoundCloud. Just look up eHarmonies. You'll you'll follow him there. He's got a lot of music on there too, right, Mark? I do, indeed. Some other Mark and Geo joints, I believe, is on there as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Longtime collaborator. And, you know, a regular now on the Skippables, you know, you're part of the extended universe. So uh, I'm excited to see where we go from here. I think you're going to be the meatloaf correspondent. Good. And among other things, but I mean, you do have the meatloaf shirt. So I am wearing it. If meatloaf is performing, we will put you up in a hotel and we'll send you out there to do some correspondence. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Mark. Really enjoy having you on and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, everybody out there, don't let the world skip you by. Bye-bye.